Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host from Monica, from Monica Cox. <laughs> Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co. We have a talk show again today. I'm super excited about this um, topic that we are discussing because I think it will help kind of give everyone a really good insight about narrowing down the right diet for you and why that is important for some and why some can get away with doing the bare minimum of you know maybe eliminating gluten and dairy but before we get started i wanted to remind you about the 10 day challenge that i have coming up on february no it's march (laughs) oh my gosh i'm all over the place today march 18th and it's a 10 day challenge where i am going to support and hold you accountable of eliminating some of your inflammation foods that you know deep down are causing some issues and encouraging you to find some mindful practices to help you cope with life's BS and all of the infertility BS that you're dealing with right now as well. So go check it out. It is at findingfertilitychallenge.com. Sign up, get registered. I'm super excited. So without further ado, let's get to the talk show. Today, um, we have some beautiful ladies, so we're going to send it around. Sarah, you are up on my my feed first, so go ahead. I don't feel too bad for you stuck in, stuck in Hawaii. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, girl. Um, yeah, so I'm Sarah Clark, founder of Fab Fertile and host of the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast, and we use functional lab testing to help couples uh, get pregnant naturally using diet and lifestyle changes. My name is Robin Birkin, and I help women conquer the stress of infertility to not only get pregnant faster, um, but to thrive during the process uh, of what can sometimes be a really shitty process. I am Devin Baeza. I am the fertility finance coach, and I help women make, save, and manifest money to fund their future families fast. Thanks for joining us, ladies. And I'm Monica from Finding Fertility, and I help you explain your unexplained infertility. So today is kind of a hot topic. Um, I know going back to Instagram, there was just a post about doing holistic treatments um, or versus IVF. And this one is a big one too. You know, a lot of people believe it. A lot of people don't believe it, but it is diet. Does diet impact your fertility health? And if it is impacting your fertility health, what diet do you do? Do you just go on a paleo, a keto, a vegan, a vegetarian? Is it a one size fits all? Or do we all need a really customized diet to um, you know, improve our fertility? Um, so Robin, you brought this up. You wanted to discuss this. I know that you kind of do a little bit. You're very much mindset, but you do believe in diet. You do believe that, that it's a big, big part of the component. What are your thoughts on this? 100%. I think that what we eat is a major contributing factor to our fertility. And just like, you know, like you, Monica, like you, Sarah, you know, what we 
eat, what we put in our bodies is super important and that can actually break our fertility. However, um, I know that you girls will probably advocate for bio-individuality uh, and like saying to people, I, whenever I interview people on the Fertility Warriors podcast and it's nutritionists and things like that, they'll say, I'll say gluten-free, dairy-free. And the answer that I get uh, from people like you is often, well, not necessarily. You might not, you might not like, have a problem with dairy. Um, but here's the thing. In my programs, I tell people to cut out gluten, to cut out dairy, to cut out, you know, like certain foods. I think we can all agree that, you know, like cut out processed food and sugar and, you know, things like that. But there are certain foods that I think can be not controversial, but we can disagree with. Um, and certainly, you know, like I promote a group approach, you guys promote bio-individuality. Um, and I think for me, I definitely get the response that I get from nutritionists, from functional medicine practitioners and practitioners and things like that, that we need to look at actually what is it that's going on with your body. But I think the reality is that for many people out there, like for, I believe that the majority, for the majority of people, gluten and dairy uh, is not going to help their fertility it's got like and i don't think it's going to harm their fertility in cutting it out so for me because my programs have always been at sort of that lower cost and you know not at that one-to-one -one level but i think that as a first step like people people absolutely need to go with cutting out some of these major food groups um, and then if that's not working have a look at getting a custom one-to-one -one, you know like functional medicine food testing and things like that done as maybe a second step yeah to me i think the food piece is is i think a lot of people get it wrong because many people have done a whole 30 or you know we're in the middle of the mm -hmm. keto craze a few years ago it was paleo you know plant-based vegan the thing is those diets have worked for someone but they may not work for you so yeah the bio individuality um to me like we started everyone off by doing the, the, the elimination diet so you're taking out yep. those top those top inflammatory foods and so which are gluten dairy soy corn peanuts and eggs uh, including processed sugar take those out for 10 days systematically reintroduce them see how it impacts your body um and not everyone needs to go gluten-free i gotta tell you that a high percentage of people that we work with though they have it's either celiac or non-celiac gluten, mm. uh, gluten sensitivity we see that all the time high sensitivity to gluten that was the case for me um so you do the elimination diet and then take it further by what, what Robin was saying, taking out dairy and gluten for at least 60 to 90 days. And if you're not pregnant after that, uh, then do some, some of the functional testing, like looking at food sensitivity testing and gut testing. Because um, I, I think there's a lot of misinformation about the food. You know, there's the Harvard, there's the Harvard nurses study. So the, uh, the mm -hmm. fertility diet talking about, you know, having complex carbs, eating all your whole grains, making sure you have full fat dairy and all that. But, but to me, you know, that, that, you know, that can be good, but what if your body is intolerant to it? So to me, do the, elim the elimination diet first see if there's an issue and then you can then go to full fat organic dairy then you can eat mm. the ezekiel mm. bread filled with all these great you know um uh, grains but if it's bad for your body um like you have to figure that out and i say most people that come to me would say i don't have a food sensitivity i'm totally fine i'm eating my organic foods um and it's in the majority of people that we work with they have got 
of food sensitivity and it's missed mm -hmm. routinely. Tevin, I know you're just dying to get in on this topic because your knowledge of, <laughs> not your knowledge, you're like, <laughs> what are your thoughts coming from your point of view? Because um, I think it's valid. I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe feel like you. And the thing is, is that if I'm right, you didn't change up really anything in your diet. You got pregnant with an IVF baby and then you got pregnant naturally after that. So I think a lot of people might look at you or look at different cases and go, well, they didn't do anything. So why can't I do that? What's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, you know, it's really hard because I can't be a raging hypocrite over here and be like, <laughs> yeah, totally. You guys should give up dairy and gluten and everything else. <laughs> and, you know, no processed foods. And I'm like, like I'm not I'm the poster child for everything not to do like you know my my strategy is intermittent fasting and second desserts because not because it's good for you not because it'll get you pregnant but just because I can't uh stop <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not I'm definitely not the person to ask on that but I am the person to um doubt the information that I see and, uh, you know, is it because I didn't look deep enough? Is it because there was conflicting information or is it because I didn't want to know because then I would feel like I needed to do it. And I just knew that I couldn't do it. You know, uh, that that's probably more what's underlying it. I know I need to give up sugar. I know this crap's not good for me. You know, I just can't. So if I'm looking at it from a fertility finance perspective, then like what Robin was saying, Here's something that works for a lot of people, uh, maybe the majority of people, at a lower priced option in, depending on what stage you're at, it's worth doing this first. And then if this isn't working, you know, do you want to dive a little deeper? I think that having more information about our bodies is always a good thing. And there's probably only one way to find out, right? Yeah. I mean, the thing I... Uh, I mean, I agree with everyone here, right? So um, my truth is I tried the elimination diet. I went paleo for a whole year. It didn't work for me. I wasn't getting pregnant. And that's why we're so different. And I would say most people that come to me and Sarah have done that. They have done programs that there's just generic diet or they've read a book and they've tried the whole 30. They, they have done that and it's just not working for them. It's not connecting. And that's what fertility is. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be the most perfect autoimmune paleo person to reconnect your fertility. You literally have to get to a level of lowering the information because sick people get pregnant all the time, right? Unhealthy people get pregnant all the time. And that's how you see you know, people getting pregnant who aren't changing diet, who aren't changing lifestyle, who IVF works for them on the first go, who are like smoking crack and get pregnant. It's their level of their fertility being disconnected. And for some of us, we have to go way deeper with it. The thing I would say about that though, is just because you can get pregnant, stay pregnant and have a baby, that your level of health dictates your journey and your, you know, potentially your child's journey of health. So, you know, you see these people, like I was, so my first pregnancy was IVF and I was high risk. I wasn't like an older mom. I didn't have diabetes. I had nothing wrong with me, but because I was IVF, they treated me as high risk um, because the, the statistics out there is that 
um, all the IVF pregnancies and I, the IVF, yeah, the, I would say the pregnancies um, just have higher risk. They see a lot more issues with IVF pregnancies. And I don't think that has anything to do, personally, these are my views, on the IVF procedure itself. I feel it's the level of health that we are getting pregnant and we are using drugs to help us maintain that health. So my first pregnancy, mm -hmm. I was on immune suppressing drugs to mm -hmm. help my body. I, I, at that point of my game, I would have never got pregnant without those drugs. And so, but the thing was, is that I was really maintaining improving my health where a lot of the times if we're not really getting down to that underlying root cause of what's going on we can see a lot more complications and the crappy thing about this is yeah you have people like you Devin that don't have to do that get pregnant you know IVF and naturally and people like me that had to I had to change up things massively even to make healthy embryos so we're all so different and it's super frustrating that I think what we do is we compare ourselves, right? And there's so much mm. nutritional information and everyone's like, this is the way, this is what I did. This is amazing for me. And yeah, when people, you know, maybe come to me and Sarah, they're like, I've done it, I've done it, I've done it. Or you hear people like, I've, I've done diet, it doesn't work. It's like, well, it didn't work for you because you didn't find the right one. And even within elimination diets, there's different elimination diets. So we do an elimination diet within the fertility warrior diet, um, but we don't cut out corn, we don't cut out eggs, but we do cut out red meat um, and we only cut out unfermented soy. So I think even within elimination diets, there's variances as well. But I wanted to ask Devon, I'm really curious about this. If you had your time again, Okay, so let's say that you're two little people, we're pre-two little people. Knowing what you know now, no, like, do you feel, so I guess just a yes or no answer quickly, do you feel like diet can improve your chances of conceiving? Yes. So if you were in the same place beforehand and knowing that diet can help you get pregnant sooner, can help you drastically improve your fertility. And from a money and finance perspective, looking at the cost of IVF versus the cost of avoiding IVF uh, and possibly being able to conceive even like naturally, do you feel, would, if you had your chance again, would you make big dietary changes or do you think that that was just, is still beyond what you could manage? I would like to say that I would try, uh, but I've, all the diets I've tried have lasted less than 24 hours uh, just because I, I freaking can't. I can't do it. It makes me hyper obsessed and uh, terribly grumpy, and then I end up at McDonald's at midnight, and it's just, it doesn't work for me. The intermittent fasting works for me. I can delay, not deny. Um, and because I'm not I already had other diagnosis, I guess. So knowing what the endometriosis and like, then, well, the low AMH turned out to not be, you know, <laughs> it's probably asking the deal as yeah. at the time. Uh, I don't, I can't say that there's a one-to-one -one for me. I think if it was unexplained infertility, I might've been more likely um, to also, I think it absolutely complements 
uh, you know, no matter what you're doing, it complements it. It can be the missing piece in and of itself, or at least complement the other treatments that you are doing for your own health, for your kids' health. Like, if you can manage, you should certainly do that. And I want to know. You should forgive yourself. Well, see, I want to know why you say can't, because I know as a coach, if someone came to you and kept saying, I can't not save money, I can't, I can't do my finances, I can't do this, what would you say to them if they kept using the word can't? Well, this is going to end up being an intervention about <laughs> me in my day after lunch. Throw I away a little resistance. No. I can't. <laughs> I, can't. I mean, I get it. Like, this is not, I'm not trying to attack you. I'm not trying to change your mind. But I know as a coach, you are a good coach. We've had a coaching session together. And I know that you wouldn't let anyone sit there and say, I can't. No, I know. Uh, I would say try changing it to, it's not a priority. <laughs> you know, I would that's, try try that on, see how that feels. It'd be like, changing my health is not a priority. I, I think, I, I, I guess with the diet piece, so like, we're not here to convince. If it's yeah. to me, like if you, you can listen to my podcast, I go on at length about all of this, but, um, but it, if it doesn't feel right for you, then you have to do the work. So we're not going to, to me, you can't convince anybody. If it doesn't yeah. feel right, then it's not right for you. Look at other things. Um, but if you're like, wait a minute, oh, I could do some of this and that would be like way less cheaper and basically improve my health, my pregnancy, my children's health, all of these things. Um, you know, like, I I don't know. I think we're going to look back on this time, like time and where, where we are with clinics and all that stuff with, um, we're going to look back and go, what, why would... You know, I'm, I'm the same as Monica. The tagline is IVF is last. And I think we're going to look think, back and go, what were we doing? And a lot of our REs are being, are saying, are telling us, oh, there's nothing we can do. Like, it's just basically, you know, eat some fruits and vegetables and, um, you know, don't do vigorous exercise. And so there's a very, very small changes that they say that, can, that you know, that, that can be done, but they're not trained in this. I think you nailed it on the head, Devin, though, is that you weren't, you didn't go to that desperation, right? You got success on that IVF. And for me, because I wasn't getting success, you know, two failed IVFs, even after a major, major diet change, I was just like driven to find what I found, right? There was something out there. I I knew I can explain my unexplained fertility. And I feel like we can only speak our truths, right? So that's maybe why I'm so passionate about like finding the right diet for you and not giving out like a general um, diet per se. Um, But, you know, you can only come from your experiences. Um, And yeah, I think, and especially your diagnosis, I think that is a big thing for people. They get hung up Mm. on this diagnosis that you don't have control over that. You don't have control over your endometriosis. You don't have control over your low AMH score, which the reality is you do. And it is through diet and lifestyle. So Monica, do you start like, so when you start with your client, so I've said that the fertility warrior diet, we start with an elimination diet. Sarah says she starts with an elimination diet. Do you start with an elimination diet? Um, I give people a choice. So I have a client right now that she listens to this podcast so she'll know what I'm talking about that. Um, she actually did a food sensitivity test with me and everything on paper, because we don't just look at the food sensitivity test. I get like a huge background of what's going on, all your symptoms, how you're feeling, how you, you feel with food. 
and everything on paper, I would have put her on a full autoimmune paleo diet. Her food sensitivity test came back and she wasn't fucking allergic to anything. <laughs> um, but I'm really grateful that she's super open-minded and she's actually chosen herself. Um, so we've said, okay, let's go an elimination diet. You know, you have like a gluten sensitivity. So we're, you know, you're off gluten, but let's go for these, like, you know, the, the top reactive. And our last meeting, she was like, I feel like I want to go full autoimmune paleo. I was like, okay, it's hard. It, like I, I don't actually recommend people going that restrictive because it is a hard diet to do. Um, it is, it is best to find your reactors because not everyone who has autoimmune issues, like I can do eggs. I can do, like, I never got off eggs. I never got off almonds. I never got off pine nuts. Um, I'm sure there was a few other little things. Um, but I, I found my paprika, I found tomatoes, the aubergines and, um, like peppers and those are all healthy foods and I was hammering those foods I love Mexican I love like Indian food so it's really trying to narrow down um, what is your reactive and like I said most people who come to me have done the eliminations I they've done mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff so it's really me helping them like knuckle down on a, like a more restrictive diet so she's actually doing autoimmune paleo for two weeks and then we're going to reintroduce some of the foods that she um that she loves like eggs she's she has a mild intolerance to cabbage and cauliflower which is you know cauliflower <laughs> is like the new wheat isn't it like everything's made out of cauliflower <laughs> so if you're if you're already gluten intolerant and you're now can't eat cauliflower you're like shit no more pizza no, no more. the quinoa pizza right yeah. so um so yeah, I really just try to help people tailor a diet that's manageable at first. And if that's still not working, um, but the thing is, like I said before, you know, the, fer the fertility links, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to even get off all of your necessarily inflammation food. You just need to really significantly lower that and decide how much you want to lower. It's a personal choice, right? and then um, wait it out. It's time served. And that's what's so frustrating about this journey because everyone wants to be pregnant yesterday. And here we are saying, wait three months, <laughs> you know? And I feel like that's why IVF might be a super driver because it's like, I can do it next month. I can know the results. And like that's, I need that. I need that. I need that. It's like getting that patience in you, getting that, mm. you know, that calmness that actually I know for me, if I would have just, even if I would have taken two years to fix my shit, that would have saved mm. me seven Mm, no. yeah. So yeah. it's, um, it's, but it's really hard. Like we've talked about this before. It's so hard when you're in that mindset, in that drive, like you just want a baby, you just want to be pregnant. You don't want to sit back and figure your shit out emotionally and physically, right? Because it's not just about the diet. You could be eating all the healthy foods, taking all the right supplements, and you can still be fucking yourself. Raging. Yeah. And just raging with inflammation, yeah. like from a, on a mental level. Um, so I'm curious. Sorry to be keeping asking all these questions, no, but so Sarah and Monica, would you say that if there was like a diet that you recommended, would you most often come back to 
paleo or autoimmune paleo or are you sometimes recommending people go vegan or you know onto other diets or do you find that you often are coming back to like autoimmune paleo like we start everyone off both couples doing the elimination diet because it's the gold standard mm. to figure out you know what's going on with your with your food and then it's the reintroduction phase people are like oh i took all these foods out for 10 days and woohoo i feel great because i've you know, day five or six are feeling fabulous, but it's the reintroduction phase. How does each food impact your body? And then we have people do the food sensitivity test. And that is mm -hmm. like, like Monica's saying, it's like, it's not a perfect test. We're actually digging more into um, uh, Zoomer bundles now. There's a Zoomer wheat bundle, Zoomer soy and Zoomer um, corn, because it'll dig into, so the Zoomer will look at uh, 26 pro, uh, proteins in wheat, and the, cur the current celiac test looks at one, um, and then we, we, uh, we were, so there's a lot of false negatives. People are like, I don't know if celiac is a disease. Meanwhile, you could have, you could have celiac, or you could also have non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So to me, the food piece is, is, I think a lot of people get it wrong, and a lot of people come to me doing, eating organic, but they haven't really truly done the elimination diet, and it's like, you and your partner is not just you, you and your partner. Mm -hmm. And then, and we have them do it. And then we, then they, they, you know, they, they record how they're feeling. Well, corn makes me feel this, you know, dairy makes me feel that because two weeks later, when you want to have the cheese, you'll forget that it made you, made your stomach upset. You'll forget that, you know, it made you phlegmy. So we, we have them record it. And then, yeah, like as far as an actual diet, like we don't um, like, it, it's more individual based on the food, the, the elimination diet and the food sensitivity test. Typically, like we are recommending most people are dairy and gluten-free. Um, mm -hmm. Not all, but I say like in the couples we're working with, we work with a lot of unexplained and, and low AMH and POF or POI. Like a lot of them are high sensitivity to gluten, which we're finding on the Zoomer panel. And we also find that on the uh, um, GI map, which is the stool test. So a lot of stuff there is missed, but as Monica is saying, is this not about the diet? You can do this beautiful, perfect diet, but if you're like, like you, and you were saying that to Robin and Devin, like if you're super stressed, like you eating this perfect diet is, 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 doesn't do you any good. There's like, it's, it's, it's the whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I don't necessarily recommend any kind of diet per se, you know, you have the paleo and the autoimmune are just good leeways because they do get rid of the top um, allergies for most people. Um, I'm not a huge fan of vegan because um, you have to be really good with your supplementation. And sometimes people just get that wrong because the way your body is wired that you're not, you know, um, getting the proper B vitamins, you know, there's a, there can be a lot of issues with a very strict vegan diet. If someone wants to be vegan, I try to support them through that. Um, I would never say don't, you know, like if they really feel truly passionate about it. Um, but it's, it's a very hard diet to do right for long term. Um, keto is the same way. I think there's a lot of bad information about keto. You see, I see, I see it all the time on Instagram, like people doing a keto diet and eating fucking like pepperoni sausage sticks and like, uh, keto, keto, keto fries. And I think that's the same as, you know, um, even a paleo diet now and a, a, a vegetarian diet. You know, I, I tell my clients now, watch out for that stuff that says whole, whole food or what is it? Uh, whole 30 friendly and paleo friendly. I'm like, they've just replaced that gluten that you're not supposed to have with a lot of other shit that you're not supposed to eat um, or is not supposed to eat, but like is not healthy for your body, especially when you're healing. And I think that's the important part is that when 
you are like really dealing with some underlying issues of infertility, your body needs time to heal. And that's what the elimination part is all about. And so it's never about like you, this is the way you're going to eat for the rest of your yeah, life. It's short term. Yeah. So when your gut is really unhealthy, you, you have higher sensitivities to other foods. So when you improve your gut health, you can actually eat more foods um, and not be sensitive to them. Um, and everyone's different. Some people can get back on a lot of stuff. I know like for me, um, I did so much fucking damage in my youth um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that I, I will most likely, unless I went strict for like five, 10 years per se, I don't know. Um, I'll never get be able to just eat nightshades on like even a one to three times a week basis and include a little corn, a little rice, you know, this whole 80, 20 thing. I've, I've done it. I've tried to do it this last year. It doesn't work for me. Um, and you know, on top of that, like throwing in some alcohol and some stress, it's a real recipe for, you know, gut dysfunction for me, you know, and that's just the way it is. That's the way my genetics were set up probably. And the way that I live my life and just did damage, it's, it's like thyroid health, right? You can, you slowly get bad, bad, bad. And then you get to a point where it's irreversible. You will be on thyroid medication the rest of your life, where if you catch it, you can live a lifestyle to reverse it and have good thyroid health. So there's that line. Uh, unfortunately, I think I was probably infertile at 17. <laughs> uh, I, I think if you have an autoimmune disease, like looking at doing the elimination diet, we don't start, we don't start people out, out with it, the AIP diet, but there's actually studies published this year in uh, the Journal of American Medicine. Um, and they were actually, two of the studies were on, were on my podcast talking about the efficacy of the AIP diet with Hashimoto's and people, yeah. there was like, um, 17 people in the study. One person had to leave the study because she got pregnant after eight weeks. The rest were able to reduce their, 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 their medication and, and lifestyle parameters in, improved. And also the other study they did was the AIP diet and, and, and IBD, so uh, irritable bowel disease. So Crohn's or colitis and 76% of the people in the study, it was a small study of, of 11 people were able to go into remission. And these people had IBD for freaking like 18, 19 years. So they were like long, long-term IBD sufferers. And we see a lot of people, yeah, with, oh, I, oh, by the way, I have Crohn's or colitis and I have infertility. Oh, by the way, I have Hashimoto's and infertility. It's not, it's not, oh, by the way, that's like stuff to dig into. And it's a clue. So like you guys know that on my journey, I actually like became vegan on my journey. Um, I did all sorts of things. It's actually really funny if you ever go to like the very first posts on my website where I was like, I'm trying really hard to give up dairy. I'll give up dairy. But anyway, when on this journey, I definitely, I can definitely understand what you mean about long-term veganism um, and supplements. And I was supported with a naturopath and, you know, choline and things, had, took choline supplements and things like that. But I could confidently say that I never felt better in my life than when I was vegan. So I'm not vegan now. Don't really eat a lot of red meat or don't eat any red meat um, or anything like that. I have introduced a few other foods, but I feel like, you know, and then when we come to like autoimmune paleo, and then some people will say uh, for conditions, autoimmune conditions like endometriosis, a lot of people will recommend a plant-based diet. All diets I think should be 
plant-based, um, inverted commas for those who are listening on the podcast, but my very long-winded way of saying that is I actually think that a lot of what was great about, for me in my body, about the vegan diet was eliminating dairy. Do you feel like, you know, like when we look at studies and things like that, the studies that have recommended uh, that you've just talked about, do you feel though that it's a lot of the time, like it, it actually just comes back to dairy and gluten? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those 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 are the, those are the two top allergens. I do think people miss corn because you you, you go gluten free, mm-hmm. then you 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 pound out the corn. Same with eggs. You're having eggs every day. I think the thing that you if you say to me the thing I cannot give up, that's probably the thing that you're most intolerant to. You're like I cannot give up my bread, no freaking way, or I cannot give up my cheese. Like to really dig into that. And if you're struggling with infertility and you're you gone plant and you are plant based or vegan, and you're like I I am not changing, I am not doing that that is for you to have an open mind to say, well, wait a minute, if I were to actually change my diet here, and I understand having ethical issues on this, both my parents have been vegans for 30 years, I completely get this. But if you're struggling, and you're like locked into something, to have an open mind, and again, we can't convince, but for you to kind of go, oh, wait a minute, maybe maybe my body does not like plant-based. I know for a while, I did go plant-based vegan. My husband was like, are you afraid? He was dying. He couldn't, <laughs> he was like, he was weak. He's like, feed me, I'm dying. I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. I feel so happy. But if you, but if you have IBS issues, all that fucking roughage yeah. and all those beans, you are going to be just on like, digestive issues like crazy. So again, very individual. Um, and yeah. I think being open-minded is key. And, and I think Robin, it comes back to like, like here's your fertility. Here's like infertility, right? Like you just need to get there and you're fertile. So if you are like, if you have some issues and you cut out two big inflammations, right? For some people and you're doing mindset, cause remember you're doing mindset as well. You get there. Yeah. Right. So that might be a successful IVF or that might be successful natural pregnancy or a IUI. So I think that's why we see so much success with this. I think, unfortunately, with the way, you know, they talk about the millenniums being the canaries in the coal mine. I am the fucking top chief canary coming out of that coal mine, <laughs> I, right? Like, like, I don't consider myself a millennium, but uh, <laughs> I'm borderline. Um, you know, like there was nothing wrong with me. I had the same exact diet, the same exact lifestyle than everyone else around me. And I was the one really ill and infertility Mm. was my major symptom i mean i had other symptoms on top of that but nothing that was i wasn't going to the hospital i wasn't sick i wasn't getting out of bed you know things and infertility was mine so you know the way we see you know like i mean i don't really know the statistics but what it's one in eight right now one in six in canada one no, I don't know what else. One in six is. Yeah, one in seven in the UK. Right? Like, how was it one in six 10 years ago? Probably not. You know, what's it going to be in 10 years' time? You know, is this going to get worse? Is our community going to grow? You know, that, like, that, that's the thing is like infertility is a bigger issue now. Um, I do agree that people are speaking about it a lot more. But like, Sarah, you're great with the statistics on the IVF clinics, right? How many IVF clinics did we have a few years ago? Yeah, like in 1985, there was 44. And now, the, and now in the States, and now in, <clears throat> excuse me, in 2015, there's 450. So 450 just- clinics in the US. Like what has going on? This is like 
big business. But just and just one thing, just to go on about the, the elimination diet and your question about dairy or your your thought about dairy and gluten free. Like I have people reaching out to me because I tell on the podcast there's an episode how and why to do the elimination diet. I take you through the exact steps. Um, I've got people doing the elimination diet and then going dairy and gluten free and tell me because of my podcast they're you know they're 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 pregnant. Just making those changes alone. So to me, I'm like. Holy shit! Uh, you know, an IVF could be take you know three cycles and it costs us six k, and we've just yeah. made these simple changes. And you're like, and you feel so good, you feel fucking good. Like you don't. Most people coming to me are not like it's not a sick population. They're not same with you guys. Like they're not feeling. They're like, I just want to have my baby. I don't feel sick. But sometimes you don't know how poorly you're feeling until you feel freaking awesome. Yeah. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with that can i just can we just give you props for actually just spinning off the number of ivf clinics <laughs> right <laughs> on the spot like that <laughs> i was like who would know that and then sarah's like was so well actually I, listened, I know that's I why i brought it a, up i listened to a, a documentary called uh, secret ingredients and they did a whole they they were talking about people just doing the foundational changes of going non-GMO and organic and able to heal from 21 chronic diseases. And in there, there was a woman who had repeat miscarriage and she's like, I just went non-GMO. And it's not just, I changed my diet to non-GMO and organic. And then they did a whole study talking about those, the clinics, which is, it is, it is, it's bringing trillion dollar business and startups and all mm -hmm. sorts of stuff are, are popping up all over the place. And um, I'm just reading something in fortune magazine yesterday talking about how like it, I think with all this egg freezing and all these, that's a whole other podcast, but how it's being, there's like, it's, it's interesting for women to have the right for all this stuff, but then what are we doing? Like, is it Handmaid's Tale? I, I, I don't know. There's something going on here. Yeah. Oh, let, I could talk about Handmaid's Tale for a long time. Right. But, Let's um, stop there and make this a new podcast yes. because we actually have some time. As you guys know, we get together like once a month to record these. And I know Devin, I think Devin has some really good points on some of this stuff. So thank you so much for not clearing up this whole diet issue, whether you should get, I mean, this is what we do on this podcast. We don't really give you the like the, the information, but I hope that has summed up why sometimes just eliminating a few things works or nothing like Devin's case, you lucky bitch. Um, and and, and then why you have to sometimes be like me and go full on out and to reconnect your fertility health. Um, thank you once again, ladies, for joining us. I absolutely love these and I hope you guys are enjoying them. There's all the links down below in the show notes and we will see you next week. Bye. A few more things before you go. If you are loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review. It greatly helps out the podcast so other women like you who are ready to take control of their fertility health in a natural and holistic way, improving your chances of getting pregnant naturally, or if you need the support of IUI or IVF, it totally helps us out more than you know. If you would like to connect with any of our beautiful women that do the talk show here on Finding Fertility, their links are down in the show notes. Please feel to reach out to any one of us. We are here to support and get you through this infertility journey with a little bit more laughter, love, knowledge, and support. Make sure you head over to findingfertility.co to download your free 
three things that you can do to increase your chances of getting pregnant. This is an amazing free guide that you custom to your journey right now in areas of diet, supplementation, and lifestyle. This is also going to lead into the 10-day challenge that is starting March 18th, and you can find more about that over at findingfertilitychallenge.co. That is it for me this week, ladies. Have a wonderful weekend, and I will see you on Tuesday for another Closer Today clip. Have a good one.